You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey, and we are the Football Dudes. Are you ready, brother? Ready, my friend. <laughs> right. Next stop, the Trend Zone. In today's episode, we'll talk about another coach who gets the axe, a QB milestone, flex alert, a little survivor, our fantasy go back starts of the week, some total fantasy domination, and of course, all the awesome games coming up this week in the NFL. But before all that, Casey, let's get it started with the tasty nug for the people. What you got? Toy like a Toyger, Dave. <laughs> These games are so damn close through nine weeks this season. 72 games, 72 have been decided by seven wow. or fewer points. That's more than any other season through nine weeks, man. It is crazy, and it's coming down to the wire, bro. Every single week, we seem to have unbelievable games right at the end, Casey. Yeah, and speaking of, dude, two teams right now both sitting in playoff position, the Vikings, they're tied with the Giants for the most wins. They each have four after trailing in the fourth quarter. And overall this year, 42 games have been won or tied by teams that trailed in the fourth quarter. Guess what? That's more than any other season through nine weeks. Dave, <laughs> what is going on this year? It's bonkers, dude. It is crazy, crazy competitive in the NFL. They wanted parity. They got parity, man. So it's insane. All right, folks, just a reminder, Trend Zone is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe for the Trend Zone now. All right, Casey, let's move on to the top trending stories. This one, wow. Um, uh, the Colts fire Frank Reich. Take it over, Casey. What do you got? <laughs> Yeah, dude, he was, you know, well above 500 in his time in Indy. Um, they had fired the offensive coordinator, and I guess that wasn't enough for um, Ursay because he went ahead and pulled the ripcord on the Frank Reich experiment. And now, dude, this cat's going to be making about $200,000 a week from his couch. How nice. sweet is that, bro? Yeah. I want to be fired. I Can know. I get fired? Hey, Ursay. <laughs> You know, yeah. and I, I know it was the performance against the Patriots. They fell uh, 26 to three, but yeah, well, that's yeah. not out of the ordinary for the first time uh, a rookie quarterback goes up against the Bill Belichick defense. But I think that yeah. was just final straw. Yeah. I mean, tell you what, Casey, for me, this goes all the way back till uh, last season when the season ended with the horrible performance by Carson Wentz. I think that Jim Irsay jumped in there and said, "We're this guy's out of here. They brought in Matt Ryan. I think Ursay's meddling way too much. He basically benches Matt Ryan and declares that the rookie kid is going to start the rest of the season. I don't know that that was the smartest move in order to accumulate wins when the season wasn't by any stretch of imagination over at that point. Yeah, but Dave, it's not like he's going out and getting some high school football coach to come in there and coach the team for the rest of the season. But Casey, that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> so he's getting some uh, talking head basically off of the ESPN football stat, set, set there, Casey, a dude with uh, limited high school coaching experiments in Jeff's experience in Jeff Saturday. Granted, he's a great guy and he's a former center 
he's in, in the ring of honor or whatever it is they in the horseshoe of honor or something, whatever they got over there. But I'll tell you what, Casey, this is an I, I'm stunned by this. He doesn't know the personnel necessarily on the roster. He doesn't know the offensive scheme that they're running. This doesn't make any sense to me at all, man. Well, then I guess the assistant quarterbacks coach Parks Frazier being the offensive play caller on Sunday is not going to make any sense to you either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does <laughs> not make any sense at all. You know, I mean, if you're going to go for an interim, give the guy a chance. You know, I don't think sa- this isn't even a great deal for Saturday. Start him off in a fresh season. You know, they have Bradley, uh, Gus Bradley on their staff right there. That guy has been a former head coach in D.C. in the league for years. That would have been a decent sort of a guy to sort of balance this thing out and see if you can scrap this season it now seems like they're they're a sinking ship to me man i don't know they're they're like the they need to shoot the horse or something whatever (laughs) (laughs) shooting horses day damn no i got a broken leg or something i had high expectation for these colts moving in i thought um you know matt ryan was going to be a nice fit there and they had some pieces but uh it's going completely out the opposite direction so it'll be interesting to see how these last few weeks go all right, Casey, we had a incredible milestone achieved in the NFL this week. Elaborate. You mean uh, a 56.818182 milestone? Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Exactly. Tom what does Brady, that talk about, Casey? Tom yeah. Brady passes for 100,000 yards in the NFL, dude. Wow. I mean, it sounds crazy enough to say it, but when you think the next closest guy was Drew Brees at 85,000, that just puts this into perspective, man. This cat is insane, man. We're never going to see anything like that again. Nope, never. And he's still going. He's still tacking on some extra yards. So he's going to be throwing the ball this weekend. Outstanding, dude. And, well, we'll get to that, but he's throwing it in a place where he's never thrown it before. <laughs> That's right. The the NFL expanding. All right, Casey, let's move it on. There is a flex alert for Sunday Night Football. Yeah, baby. Our Los Angeles Chargers hitting the prime time when they host those Kansas City Chiefs on November 20th. That did bump into the uh, Sunday night football spot there, moving the Bengals and Steelers to the afternoon game. So um, and I think there'll be more action coming from these flex opportunities. But this is great. I mean, I'd like to see this happen on Monday night, too. But at least we get Sunday when, you know, everybody is around. If it's not a great game, switching it out of there, baby. And this it's got huge playoff implications on it, man. Oh, that's going to be so sweet. I hope I hope it is uh, as sweet as you think it will be, Casey. Here's the interesting thing. The Chargers will be playing against the 49ers in Levi Stadium this Sunday. And then yeah. next Sunday, they'll be hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. So back-to-back Sunday night football for the Chargers. That has never happened. And it also means a sixth primetime game for the, for the Chargers, which is... Uh, obviously the normal maximum is five. So uh, the Chargers already were maxed out. So, wow, six primetime games for the Chargers. Doesn't seem like we've had that many, but I guess we got a bunch on the, on the horizon. It's going to be sweet for you because you just get to focus on your game. You're not watching the wall of TVs. You got it down yeah. to just two, watching the thing and the replay. So Whew. I know how stoked you're going to be on that. No doubt about it, dude. All right, Casey, the uh, NFL war machine continues marching on. Time marches on, 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 <laughs> for home the bell tolls. Yeah, dude, we're finally reaching out, man. We're going to go to Munich, baby. That's in Germany when the Seattle Seahawks meet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. The NFL will have played games in Canada, Mexico, the U.K., and now Germany, dude, on 
par for like you said global domination baby how sweet it is i know we love it because we get that 6 30 a.m game to wake up to and yep. just stack more football so but this is cool dude you know it's going to be rocking over there man no doubt about that dude and uh, you know, the NFL Europe showed us that the G German fans really understand and enjoy American football. And so this is just more evidence uh, of that, that they deserve this product. And this is an opportunity for them to to come out and see a real pro game rather than the sort of the semi-pro NFL Europe. Totally. And there'll be four games over the next four years, two in Munich and two in Frankfurt. Nice. And it's funny because they'll be wearing the little hosen skates. Hosen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I come for the strudel. It's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, Case, we're moving it on to the Survivor Three Strikes Pool. Um, who did you have this week and how did it go? Well, you know what, Dave? Since I died in our Three Strikes Pool, you know what I did? I set up a life after death pool for all us losers, and I actually survived. I took the Philadelphia Eagles. Over those Houston Texans, so I live, baby. <laughs> Must be nice to have the entire slate of NFL teams to select. Beautiful. Well, we still had some casualties on Sunday because someone <laughs> very close to us took the Bills, and it did not work out against the Jets. It did not. I myself, Casey, had Kansas City over Tennessee, and that was a nail biter initially. But uh, the whole time, I was like, as much as I wouldn't mind the Chiefs losing, I would be out of of Survivor, but also. I was like, I know they're not going to. I just, this gut was telling me this, this Chiefs team's going to rally and they're going to come yeah. back. And sure enough, they did, man. That's what they do. Yeah. The most popular correct pick was the Bengals over the Panthers. The most popular incorrect pick was the Bills over the Jets. And heading into next week, it is the Giants over Houston. That is over 41% of Whoa. the people out there. Look out, people. Could be dangerous. All right, Casey, fantasy go backs is, uh starts of the week. Did you have anything that you could? Uh, go back in time and improve upon. No, Dave, I finally had my slump buster, man. Ended that five-game losing streak, and I ended it in Ooh. a big way. I dominated Dawn of the Donkeys. I had 130 points, my biggest output of the season. That put me first in the cash, and it was thanks to Mr. Joe Mixon, baby, giving me 51.1 big ones, a 5-TD day. How you like me now, baby? Wow, that is crazy, man. I also had a go back, Casey. I did win. Uh, I sent the Snivelers away sniveling, and That's I got my do. W, but I came in fourth place at just outside of the money grab category if i'd have played Kenyon drake though instead of miles sanders it would have given me plus 7.6 and i would have gotten second place so that would have been 20 bucks in my pocket but eh, no can do take that dub baby get that dub i got the w that's three in a row for me i'm sniffing the back end of the playoffs mm, smells like playoffs okay moving it on casey total fantasy domination quarterback yeah, Justin Fields, man, for the Purple Sabbath, or should I say for the Purple Sabbath bench. Oh, man, oh. he's crying about that one because Justin Fields, 123 pass yards. Yeah, that's not that good. You're right about that. But he had three pass touchdowns, 178 rush yards, a rushing TD, and a two-point conversion. That is total fantasy domination, baby. Complete insanity there, Casey. And at the running back you previously mentioned, it was Joe Mixon for your foul boys with 150 yards and four touchdowns rushing, 58 yards through the air, and a receiving touchdown. Wow, what a brilliant performance. And then Devontae Adams for the Disco Donkeys, 146 receiving yards and two 
receiving touchdowns in that epic Raider collapse to the Jags. <laughs> How about Cole Komet at tight end? Uh, for the Bears, they are nine rush yards, 41 receiving yards. Oh, and two touchdowns tacked on. Pretty nice day for Komet. Yeah. All right, moving it on, Casey. Uh, fantasy pickups. We got some teams on by this week. It's the Ravens, Bengals, Patriots, and Jets. Um, who do you got for the quarterback? Yeah, how about Kirk Cousins? It's not the best matchup going to Buffalo, but... I don't know anybody is hotter than the Vikings right now than those stupid Eagles, man. So they're going to pass and run, and he's got the weapons. TJ Hawkinson there now, along with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, man. So uh, tough defense, but I believe in Kirk. It's not in prime time, right? Uh, I don't think it is. No, okay, then you're good. We're good. good. Yeah. Yeah. At running back, it could be uh, Jordan Wilkins. He's available uh, in almost all leagues there. Uh, He played quite a bit. Uh, in his season debut in week nine with Jonathan Taylor dealing with that injury um, and Deion Jackson leaving the game briefly. We'll see um, how much action Wilkins can get. If not, uh, it's not as likely that he's available, but Chuba Hubbard is also a guy that you might want to be able to grab for this weekend and have a very serviceable performance. Yeah. And then we just talked about uh, Justin Fields. How about Darnell Mooney for the bears? He's still available in a bunch of leagues. His target share is up almost 30%. He had a touchdown last week. I have Fields continues to play the way he did. Uh, Mooney mean money. <laughs> at at uh, tight end, Greg Dolchich for the Broncos. He's available in about half the leagues. And ever since he kind of got onto the field, he seems to be a go-to guy uh, for the quarterback there. And then Kay Dotton, uh, he grabbed a touchdown pass last week in a big, uh, in a big way for the Buccaneers W there. So both of those guys available. If, if Dolchich's not available, Otten probably is. Dave, to hell with all this fantasy stuff. Let's get okay. to the real stuff. All right, Casey. Man, I'll tell you what. I mentioned earlier, the Ravens, Bengals, Patriots, and Jets all on buys. But we still got a full slate of football. Casey, it is week 10. Week 10? What? <laughs> it's slipping away. <laughs> it certainly is, Casey. We'll get it started with the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers, the Falcons on the road are favored by three. This is a rematch of that wacky overtime game from week eight, not that long ago. Yeah, dude, uh, DJ Moore rips off his helmet and it ends up costing the Panthers. And when, you know, Matt Rule got fired, it looks like it might be a fire sale. They trade McCaffrey, but the Panthers did keep DJ Moore and Burns there. So they're keeping their best players. But other than that, they need help almost everywhere. And despite having two former first round quarterbacks on the roster, I don't think their QB of the future is actually on the team right now. But no matter what happens in this game, Dave, the Panthers will look good doing whatever they do on Thursday night because they're wearing the black uniforms with the black helmets. I love it. Look (laughs) good, feel good, play good. Yeah, right. Uh, Last week, the uh, Falcons come off a a real close game uh, against the Chargers and come up just short in that one. A couple of turnovers were really costly, um, in particular when Drake London uh, met um, into Khalil Mack. Khalil said, Mack I think that's you. my football. <laughs> you think he's going the to ball. <laughs> no, I'm going the other way. And so that was a pivotal moment in that game. And there was also a crazy double fumble that went against the Falcons. They played a nice football game there. They've been running the ball exceptionally well. Uh, Algier at, at running the football there, 123 yards uh, in week nine. 
And uh, Marcus Mariota, obviously a big part of that running attack as well, but also passing the ball exceptionally well. In the the last game against the Panthers, he had 253 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so he's uh, obviously uh, playing very, very well. So, you know, if they can get London and Pitts going and and really this seems to be a game that's, that sort of falls into the the wheelhouse of this Falcons team run the ball a lot and just play, you know, play smart football and they're in good shape to probably collect a W here. All right. Up next, Dave, yeah. heading over to Germany, baby, the Seattle Seahawks versus the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Bucks are two point favorites on their home away from home. Yeah. And how about this Seahawks team is one of the biggest stories of the year at six and three. Uh, and they're coming off that win against Arizona, but also one of the biggest stories, really Geno Smith yeah. and his, the redemption story here over seven 70- his willingness to wear a wristband. Yeah, apparently he's, he's very, <laughs> uh, he's very um, easy to get along with. Apparently uh, he does like wearing that wristband and actually reading the plays off of it rather than ad libbing 76 and a half percent completion rate last week, uh, 270 yards. So two, two, 275 and two scores, <clears throat> a real nice performance. And Kenneth Walker has been an amazing find this draft for the Seahawks. This season has been exceptional. How quickly they've gotten onto the field and committed and and contributed rather. <clears throat> 129 yards though, and two touchdowns uh, last week for Kenneth Walker. Both Metcalf and Lockett get in the end zone as well. Kenneth Walker, by the way, back to him, averaging 5.1 yards a carry. That wow. and he's he, he breaks big plays when he yeah. gets loose. He gets loose, man. Uh, on the defensive side, I really like what. Um, Coach Carroll is doing with these guys. He's got them playing exceptionally well. Free agent acquisition Uchenna Nuoso has been playing exceptionally well. He's got seven sacks on the season. And uh, uh, Jordan Brooks, 12 uh, tackles last week. So he's a tackling machine. Rookie Tarek Woolen uh, is a real nice asset in the secondary. He's got four yeah. picks. He's leading the team there. So really, really um, awesome situations. A real tough time for the Buccaneers to play this Seahawks team because they are just clicking right now. Yeah, dude, and even though neither from Munich, I'm going to draw parallels between the Scorpions and these Bucks. It seemed like Tampa's winning ways were singing, I'm leaving you, but the Bucks showed a heartbeat last week. The defense was awesome, and we were all treated as some vintage Tom Brady for what might have been the first time this season actually seeing TB12 look like TB12. Yeah. And much like Gronk and the Bucks, Uli John Roth is no longer with the Scorpions. Can they still rock you like a hurricane? Absolutely. Dave, and you might be asking, where am I going with all this? And it's right here. The Scorpions still have Klaus Mine and the Bucks still have Tom Brady. So no one like you is very appropriate because until <laughs> the goat is dead, the goat ain't dead. So for now, the winds have changed, aren't blowing, but we'll talk again on Monday and see what happens. <laughs> All right. I'll be loving this game Sunday morning, Casey. <laughs> That's right. for sure. Early, early Sunday morning for us. All right. Up next, it is the Minnesota Vikings at the Buffalo Bills. Bills at home favored by seven and a half. And the NFL's second longest active winning streak will be on the line Sunday. That's right. The Vikings have run six in a row. Wow, dude. And quietly, dude, these Vikings have the second best record in all of football. And Hello. after overcoming a 10-point fourth quarter deficit to win last week, like I said that's six in a row, all by eight points or left, less. TJ Hawkinson in his first game as a Viking had their longest reception by a tight end all season and caught all nine of his targets for 70 yards. And the staff, they said they were blown away by how well he knew the offense 
after being on the team for just four days. Hawk's going to have a major impact moving forward. Dalvin Cook has at least one TD in four straight games. Justin Jefferson coming off a seven for 115 and a touchdown. But the defense is getting better, dude. And Zadarius Smith, he leads the NFL Mm -hmm. with 46 QB pressures. And he's got eight and a half sacks. Harrison Smith, four interceptions. And they might catch a huge break if Josh Allen can't play. That would be Case Keenum, the maestro of the Minneapolis Miracle, coming back to face his old purple squad. Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> Does Case have some magic left over, Casey? I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll, this opened up with the the Bills minus nine and a half. It's now down to Buffalo minus three and a half. Whoa. So, and that's all based on that elbow, <laughs> one elbow. So it looks like uh, you know basically the sports books don't expect Allen to play. So that would be very interesting indeed if he does play. It's a good time to get a bet in on the Bills. Unbelievably, the Bills lost last week to the Jets. I guess it's not so unbelievable. We have to start acclimating to the Jets are playing great football. But this un- it's unbelievable in the sense that the Bills offense is the number one in yards per, per game at 416 plus, And they're number three in points per game at 27 and a half. And then, oh, guess what? They're also um, only giving up 14.8 points a game. That's also number one. And... Uh, they're fourth in yards per game. So just like last year, they're really, really good on both sides of the football. They don't give up many points and they score a lot of points. That usually means you win <laughs> a lot of football, right? So I'll tell you what, um, they are playing great on both sides of the football. Uh, the acquisition of Von Miller in the offseason, you know, forced fumble last week and a sack. He's got seven sacks on the season was just came up short against that jet squad, but wow, bad time to play the bills. But this is looking like one heck of a matchup. This is must see football this weekend. It's be exciting. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Josh Allen can play. So both these yeah. teams are full strength, but we shall see. All right, Dave up next, the Detroit lions at the Chicago bears and the bears are three point favorites at home. <laughs> Casey, I was right last week. The, the lions were the best one in six team in the league and they proved <laughs> it. this week. <laughs> they proved it last week by beating the Green Bay Packers in a game that featured all kinds of red zone interceptions uh, for Aaron Rodgers, a rarity in his career, the red zone yeah. interception. But Goff on the other side had two TD passes to just one pick of his own. And uh, they got the ball running with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in tandem back there. It's uh it was a formula for success. And again, they got all of those turnovers in the red zone to prevent uh, that game from slipping away. Like so many have for them on this season. Mm -hmm. Again, I'll mention Aiden Hutchinson. He had an interception. He was one of the dudes cashing in there last week. And he's also got four and a half sacks on the season. So the rookie continues to have a really nice impact. So we'll see how they can do this weekend. It'll be exciting. Yeah, dude, you know what? I didn't believe Justin Fields was going to be a great NFL QB, but I'm taking a mulligan, dude, because I believe yeah. it now, man. Well, the first five weeks, I think we were both like, man, this guy's lost out there. But yeah, wow, lately, but, man, what? wow. So lately, his play has been outstanding, and the Bears are catering, catering their offense to his skill set, and it's paying off. He's getting a lot of help in that run game. This is the number one rush team in the league. And uh, second team in the Super Bowl era to have 225-plus rush yards in four straight games, Dave. 
It helps when Fields runs for 170, but yeah. let me get to the other guys there. We mentioned Darnell Mooney, man. He had seven catches and a touchdown last week. But Cole Komet, finally, the, your domer, dude. He had yeah. five catches and two TDs last week. The defense is playing solid, man, even uh, without Roquan Smith on this team. And I'll, I want to say I know we're, the Ravens are on a bye, but watching that cat on Monday night, he might be worth a rental but you might need to find a way to pay that dude because he was all over the field against those saints. Um, he's impressive. Yeah, Yeah, man. But these bears, you know, uh, they're getting it together on offense. It's going to be exciting team. So if you can beat them up, do it now because they're not going to be the, you know, the doormat for much longer. Up next is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas city chiefs chiefs at home favored by 10 against the Jags. Yeah, and these Jags are starting to flash a little bit, but they're still one of those good enough to beat anybody and bad enough to lose to anybody teams. Um, improving, definitely, but still so inconsistent, man, and mistake-prone. I do love Travis Etienne, who's a rising star and will be a top-10 fantasy pick next season. He's looking for his sixth game in a row with 100-plus scrimmage yards and his fourth in a row with 100 rushing yards and a rush TD. But for now, the Jags' role is to play spoiler for some of these other teams' playoff hopes Dave, that's not going to be this week. Okay. <laughs> Just the tip, huh? Yeah. All right, okay, so this Kansas City Chiefs team is cranking right now. They are number one in points per game at over 30 and number two in yards per game. I guess they're okay without the cheetah. Um, coming off of a win last week in overtime against the Tennessee Titans where they got behind, but they they get, you know, all they got to do is put together a handful of drives and next thing you know, they're putting up tons of points. Mahomes, 43 of 68. Man, a season-high 446 yards and a career-high 63 rushing yards in his first TD of the season um, on the ground there with his legs, but also picking up some key first downs uh, in that comeback win for them. Um, Travis Kelsey, 10 catches and 106 yards in the effort last week. And, Ju- and Juju Smith-Schuster, 10 catches, 88 yards. Sh- Smith-Schuster is the guy that's kind of emerged out of that pack of other receivers yeah. as a real uh, uh, difference maker. And then lately, now that McCole Hartman's gotten a little healthier, he's also uh, been more impactful and and getting it done. He had a touchdown last week as well. So on the other side, I always have to mention Chris Jones is an absolute game wrecker, sitting at si- uh, leading the team with five and a half sacks. So he's looking for his fourth in a row with at least a half sack. Dude, so he's dominated, man. I love his game. Yeah. All right, Dave, up next, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins are four-point favorites at home. Yeah, and this Browns team is coming off their bye, but previous to that was a very impressive Monday night victory where they just clobbered the Cincinnati Bengals. That was really impressive, and they – They've got, a, you know, they really got after the quarterback in that game. But let's start off with Jacoby Brissett, uh, a real nice, efficient game with over 70 cent, 77% completions on just 22 passes, 278 yards in a score. But it's all about uh, Chubb and Hunt. Chubb over 100 yards and two touchdowns, and then add Kareem Hunt with 72 scrimmage yards. They're arguably the best one-two tandem at running back in the entire league, especially behind that offensive line that's so uh, dominant, really. Amari Cooper continues to be very effective at wide receiver. Oh, thanks. Had, uh, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good enough to be a Cowboy, though, Casey. 131 yards. Uh, in the game and Donovan Peoples Jones also a season high 81 yards so on the other side I mentioned them getting after the quarterback Miles Garrett is 
one of the best pass rushers, if not the best in the league, a sack and a half and a pass defense uh, last week. And um, Dion Jones also got his first sack of the season last week. So um, real impressive performance uh, that the Browns, if they can put together a couple more of those, they'll be in the mix when Deshaun gets back. Scary. Yeah, yeah dude. Uh, remember when everybody was ready to throw Tua in the fishing net? You know, <laughs> you know, dude just had to get healthy. That was a little bit premature, dude. Among all quarterbacks in week nine, Tua was number one in passer rating, 135.7. Number one in yards per attempt at just over 10. Second in passing yards at just over 300. And tied for first in completions of 25-plus yards. Oh, and was the only AFC quarterback to throw three touchdowns with no interceptions, dude. He's really starting to get it. I mean, it helps when you have Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddle. Yeah, you throw a five-yard route and it ends up. Yeah, and it goes to the house. Yeah. And you mentioned the one-two punch with the running backs in Cleveland. How about Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, man? Those guys are great uh, one-two combo there. On defense, Melvin Ingram. This guy just keeps getting better, man. It's like he keeps changing teams and keeps getting better the older he gets. Um, he he led the team last week with nine tackles. Um, he's tackles for loss all the time with this guy. But here we go, dude. They need to get this win before they're by and get healthy because their last six games are brutal, including three straight road teams, uh, road games at San Francisco, at our Los Angeles Chargers, and at the Bills, dude. It's going to be a very interesting finish for these fish. Got about that. Okay, up next. They're not Swedish fish. Finnish fish. (laughs) Houston Texans at the New York Giants. Giants at home favored by seven in this game. Yeah, and you know the Texans don't do a lot well besides run the damn ball. Damian Pierce is one of the only guaranteed players to be part of this team moving forward. He leads all rookies in scrimmage yards and rush yards. They should get Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins back for this one. But um, I'm not sure what Cook's status is, where he rests with his co- the coaches and, you know, players after, yeah. um, you know, the temper tantrum. The betrayal, KC. Yeah, not getting traded. So, um, But these Texans, in all actuality, they're jockeying for that top spot in next year's draft. And they're currently sitting at number two. Winning doesn't help you get to the top of that list, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Note to Texans. All right, Casey, this Giants team has been one of the surprises. They're coming off uh, of their bye week. Uh, before that, though, was a disappointing loss uh, to the Seahawks where they got handled pretty well there. Um, you know, the thing about this is Saquon Barkley, um, you know, running the ball pretty well. When you look at the statistics for this team, they're, they they don't look like the statistics that are associated with the 6-2 and two squad. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Daniel Jones... Um, six touchdown passes, just two picks though. That's good. But an 88 passer rating on the season, just like I said, five touchdowns, um, on the season for Saquon Barkley. And, uh, he's averaging 4.8 yards a carry. So that's pretty impressive. But, uh, Darius Slayton, uh, their top receiver, one touchdown on the season. I don't know where they're getting their points from, to be honest with you they're They must be eking out a lot of victories here. Um, but on the other side, you know, Dexter Lawrence and, and Leonard Williams on the defensive line playing some real stout football there. Dory Jackson got has a forced fumble and a fumble recovery last week uh, to help them, but it wasn't enough help. But um, yeah, this Giants team, 
We'll see if they are paper giants as the season unfolds or if they can continue to stack together some wins. This looks like a very winnable game for the Giants. Yeah, we'll we'll find out on Sunday. I mean, everybody likes to play the Texans, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, except except the Jags. All right, up next, Dave, is... (laughs) The New Orleans Saints had the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Saints are three point favorites on the road. Yeah, and the Saints drafted two, uh, excuse me, three and six after a disappointing uh, performance on Monday versus Baltimore, um, where they basically pretty much got run over. Uh, It wasn't all that exciting of a football game either for whatever reason. But Andy Dalton continues to be the quarterback. He has played steady, but not spectacular, but he's still uh, getting the nod there. Uh, 10 touchdowns and just five picks for Dalton on the season. Um, it's, a, you know, they got to get Kamara going. If they do, everything go- comes together. Their receiving core is all kinds of banged up. So they're basically relying on Chris Olave, you know, and he had a nice game with six catches and 71 yards. But uh, Juwan Johnson, the tight end, grabs a touchdown pass last week. They are just down on skill players uh, for the Saints right now. So uh, they're going to have to do, uh, you know, to play smart football, win the turnover battle. And, uh, you know, they got the Steelers, but going into Pittsburgh, it's not going to be, uh, a you know, they're not going to get handed the football game. That's for sure. Uh, Demario Davis with his sixth sack of the season, they're going to have to get after uh, the rookie quarterback. Yeah, David, not a question that's normally or ever been asked during the Mike Tomlin era. Can the Steelers get to 500? Yeah. Wow. It's not it's not looking good, dude. I'm nope. telling you, as a team, the Steelers are minus 10 in turnovers, man. And that's Ooh. well, it's mostly because Kenny Pickett has eight interceptions to just two touchdowns. They shipped Claypool off to um, Chicago there. But this is the growing pains of a rookie quarterback, especially one with tiny hands, dude. But <laughs> on the side of. Good rookie performances since week four. Rookie running back Jalen Warren is averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Nice. Uh, Najee's a little banged up, so maybe we're going to see a little more Warren down the road. And also um, rookie George Pickens, man. He's getting it done. He ranks fifth among rookies with 338 receiving yards. Um, Dave, you didn't think I'd get through the Steelers without mentioning... Patrick Anthony Christopher Sarsipius Friar Moots, did ya? <laughs> I knew they had a tight end on that squad. Yeah. He's got 50 plus receiving yards in three of his last four. So can they avoid the, the turnovers at quarterback? It doesn't look like it. But, um, you know, like I said, they just they're in it now and they're going to go through it. And the Pittsburgh right now is looking at like a top five pick in next year's draft. Something that never happens, dude. Wow. Up next, the Denver Broncos at the Tennessee Titans. Titans at home are favored by three. And Denver's defense has the league best red zone defense, allowing just five touchdowns in 19 possessions. And the Titans offense ranks first in red zone offense with 15 touchdowns in 19 possessions. Something's got to give here, Casey. Yeah, dude, not the ride Bronco fan thought they were getting when they uh, brought in Russell (laughs) Wilson. But maybe he's put some bag bomb on all those saddle sores and is gearing up for a second half run. Probably a little too late. But you mentioned that defense. Can they ride it until the offense can giddy up? Good luck with that. No chub. Oh, and they got a date with the King, man. Um, I was expecting this Broncos team to come together. It hasn't happened yet. Um, Tennessee, 
might not be the best place to get it going, but at some point it has to, man. There's too much talent on that Broncos roster uh, not to be improving, man. Three and five on the outskirts, get a win here, and then they can talk. Yeah, and this Titans team, uh, it was an impressive performance in the loss to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I guess that's one of the ways you look at a loss to Kansas City, right? You know, what the Titans team, what occurred to me the most in that game is watching them. Like, they have a couple stars there. But that team is so much better than its collective parts. Completely. Man. I, I got to put that on Vrabel, getting them ready to play. They should have yeah. held that. If they don't have a rookie quarterback right there, they probably sneak out of KC with that dub. No question about that, dude. Uh, if Tannehill was on the field for that, they probably would have been a little more willing to to do some stuff with the quarterback rather than uh, play it, like you know, safer. Throwing but, the football. <laughs> yeah, that that's what's kind of alluding to. He totaled 120 yards, but just 80 pass yards. Just not going to get it done in the NFL. And in general, this team statistically is underwhelming. They're averaging 18.6 points a game. And the offense is last in the league in yards per game at 278. And that's despite the fact that Derrick Henry has been running like crazy all over the place. 120 yards, excuse me, 115 yards in a touchdown or two touchdowns in uh, last week's game. But um, yeah, it's like if if Tannehill can't go and we don't know if we will or not, it's a really obvious plan. They're going to hand it to Henry. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's really, uh, you know. It will be very, very important if 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 Tannehill can play. Uh, that'll make this a lot more competitive football game. Otherwise, again, it's a damn good Bronco defense. They know how to stop the run, especially when there's really just one dude you got to eliminate. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, you look at the receiving group. Robert Woods is their leading receiver. He's got one touchdown on the season. So, yeah. I mean, it's not enough. On defensive side, like you said, they do seem to be better than their individual pieces. Collectively, they come together um, and they and they play really strong defense. That's just, like you said, Vrabel coaching the crap out of those dudes. Yeah. So let's hope that they can do that this weekend and put another uh, W on the board to get back in the W column while burying those Broncos. Sorry oh, you like Broncos. that. Hopefully they get Tannehill back. I know you love that. All right, Dave, yeah. up next, uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are five and a half point favorites in this one. And Saturday is all right for fighting and for coaching <laughs> NFL teams, I guess. Woo. Okay. After a, this is turning into a very, very tumultuous Colts season, um, obviously. Uh, and the loss last week, uh, 23 to six. I thought uh, tumultuous super- meant sexy. I guess not. <laughs> no, not in this case. 26 <laughs> to three uh, blowout uh, at the hands of the New England Patriots last week. Um, and that was what, uh, I guess, gave Ursay the green light to blow out Frank Reich and bring in Jeff Saturday, a guy with zero uh, college or pro coaching experience. Um, and they have a rookie quarterback who's really struggling. He was just over 50% with 15 of 29 for 142 yards last week. He did get uh, his first start, but, I mean, wow, it's going to be pretty challenging. Jonathan Taylor has been massively banged up. Not sure if he'll be available. Um, if so, that would be a huge, huge benefit to these guys. But I don't know. This, this is starting to look like a pretty woeful scenario. This is just what the Raiders needed, I guess. Yeah, dude, this Raiders team, man, they won a ton of close games last year. I yep. mean, half of their sure schedule, did. if not more. And this year, not so much. But besides that 24 nothing beat down by the Saints, the Raiders have lost their five games by a total of 21 points. Wow. They've also blown some big leads in multiple games this year. 
and at two and six, currently they're with the sixth pick in next year's draft. So maybe tanking is their best option. Speaking of draft picks, the Raiders just cut safety Jonathan Abram, the 2019 first round pick they got in the trade uh, with the Dallas Cowboys for Amari Cooper. So um, Raiders just got to clean it up. There's another team that's too talented to be playing ball like they are. And uh they're running out of time to get it right, too. Um, it's crazy, this AFC West, man. Those two bottom teams, the Broncos and the Raiders, man. Everybody had them. Uh, Vying for the potential lead of the division. No question. Yeah, no question case. about it. Overlooking the, overlooking the Chiefs and somehow the Chargers, too. But, I mean, wow. Uh, all, the, all the Colts have to hope for is just to get down by 17 or 20. And then, <laughs> boom, hope for that Raider uh, patented collapse action. That's when okay. That music comes in. <laughs> the autumn wind is right All right, Casey, up next. It is the Dallas Cowboys at the Green Bay Packers, and the Cowboys on the road are favored by five. How about your Cowboys? Oh, man. Unfortunately, we might not see Zeke in this one or Aaron Jones on Wednesday. Zeke was still rehabbing yeah. and wearing a brace on that hyperextended right knee. That doesn't look like. Um, he's playing to me, but Zeke is a tough badass, so he'll go if he can. Luckily, Tony Hollard post bye week is coming off a career high 147 scrimmage yards and a career best three touchdowns from week eight. And he's aiming for his third in a row with 100 plus scrimmage yards, dude. Dak had another week to let that thumb heal, and it looks like he's back, and hopefully, they're starting to get healthy all around, too. OMG! OBJ! OMG! OBJ! <laughs> I don't know, unless you've been buried under a rock, everybody's putting these two together, and I get why people hate the Cowboys, because they're always in the news cycle, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's the Cowboys, man. They're just that, they're that team. But this game is really all about slaying some demons, man. It's Big Mike's return to Green Bay where he won a Super Bowl. He's got a street named after him. And I think this game actually means a, a crap ton to him, especially um, how he went out there kind of unceremoniously at the end of, the, of his tenure there. And I think uh, I think the team will be very motivated to get the, the win for their coach there. And even though this Packers team is down, don't camp them out. That being said, the boys do need to put a beat down on these stupid Packers. Snuff them out, dude. They need to prove they are among the elite teams in the NFL and that they can win big road games as they will most likely have to do in the playoffs. Rodgers and the Pack have nothing to lose and they'll play free, but they have no business winning this game, Dave. But yeah. As we've seen every week, this is the NFL. The unbelievable happens every week. That's what's making me nervous. But the Cowboys need to go up there and handle their business, man. Yeah, and how about this Packers team and the season that they're having? I don't know how many losses in a row it is. You know, and maybe Aaron says, oh, this is just what they need. You know, yeah. <laughs> bring in the Dallas He's Cowboys selling it hard, team. baby. Right. I don't know. But this is, you know, coming off that loss to Detroit, um, last week where it was a terrible performance and um, a lot of it falls on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers, uh, even though he passed for a uh, season. Not night. if you ask him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Leon have a lot in common, right? Uh, he passed for two and 291, which was a season high last week. You think, okay, that's, you know, that's not that high for an Aaron Rodgers season at the midpoint. Right. But he's, a, he's got 14 touchdowns and just, and seven interceptions. So, I mean, that's not very Rodgers like and an 89 passer rating for Rodgers on the season. Um, you know, him not 
coming into camp and throwing with these young receivers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, taking the Wednesday practices off until last week where he decided he needed to practice on Wednesdays. Um, you know, the, this team would be better if they could find a nice way of just getting Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to, to complement each other and run the ball and then use Rodgers to, you know, dish, dish it around to the receivers. But Aaron Jones banged up, not likely going to play. At the Packers on the season, negative five on the turnover ratio. Um, and that has a lot to do with just lack of continuity uh, between Rodgers and his receivers. You know, they just don't have um, anything going. Alan Lazard is really the best guy, uh, the most consistent guy that he can count on. Nobody else is, is, has got his trust really at this point in time. And he's as much to blame for that as anyone. Yeah, and Dobbs luck. isn't going to be in that thing. He's got the ankle, so right. Yep. Hopefully, that's good news for this Cowboys defense and Trayvon Diggs, who leads the NFL at 33 pass uh, defenses and 14 interceptions since 21. But that's beside the point, Dave. I got through <laughs> without even talking about Micah Parsons. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. <laughs> Hopefully, I have a lot to say about him after this game. So right. we'll see. All right, Dave, up next, man. Whoa, this is a huge game. The records might not indicate it, but the need for a win is it's the Arizona Cardinals at the L.A. Rams. Rams were three-and-a-half-point favorites. We have to see what's happening. But including the postseason, Dave, Sean McVay is 11-1 and against Arizona. That's the best winning percentage by an active head coach against an opponent with at least 10 meetings. But... Matt Stafford has entered the concussion protocol. We're not sure what his status is. And Kyler Murray missed practice on Wednesday and is listed day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Damn, that hammy. I'll tell you what, Casey. I'll I'll uh, piggyback on your coaching performance thing. Cliff Kingsbury Ugh. against against the Rams is just 1-7 in, in, in his coaching career. That's not good. Um, if you're a Cardinals fan needing this win, like you said, both these teams coming here with just three wins. This is divisional. They played each other in week three, and that was a 20 to 12 uh, win for the Rams. But um, it seems like that was a long time ago in terms of the number of bodies that have gone down, uh, you know, specifically on that Ram squad. But Kyler Murray, uh, it just seems like their game plan is just snap it and have them run around. And, you know, it doesn't seem to be that he's in coordination, mm-hmm. you know, in, in sync with the, w- w- you know, with the passing game or anything. James Conner's running the ball pretty well, uh, generally speaking, but, you know, and Kyler can run, uh, run around back there and create plays, no doubt about it. Since they got DeAndre Hopkins back, uh, he has been a huge impact. He's been one of the biggest performers since his arrival. Um, and he had his second touchdown uh, last week, Zach Ertz is also playing well with a touchdown last week. Um, but this team needs to find like, you know, that scripted 15 plays or whatever yeah. that, that just whatever that the plays that you got polished up and they're going to work. And they just don't seem to have that Casey on the other side, you know, they've got talent with, uh, Simmons and Buda Baker, but Buda Baker was banged up also. I don't know his availability. So that could be, um, also uh, a very limiting factor for this team. Yeah, dude, and, you know, Kingsbury, if his seat's not hot, it's going to be heating up, man. Cause Gotta be. I just, I, I don't see it working out for him there. But majorly disappointing seasons for both of these teams so yeah. far. It's that almost said, too late, but it's not quite too late. Yeah, I mean, the winner of this, dude, is there for the taking because right. the division's not kicking butt. 
but this Rams offensive line is completely awful. They can't run the football. Daryl Henderson had a season high last week, 56 yards. Oh, wow. Some running backs are doing that in a quarter. It's not all his fault. He's also the leading yeah. rusher on the season with 253 yards on the season, Dave. That's not like last yeah. week. That's well, McVeigh said calling run plays sort of seems like a wasted down. <laughs> well, if you're not running it, you're throwing it, and that's not worked out either. Stafford has eight TDs. That's okay, but he's got eight interceptions, man. That's not and good. it's starting to come apart there. The defense is calling out the offense, and they're currently third place in the NFC West. That being said, though, right now the Niners are the seventh seed in the NFC at 4-4. Four and four. They've swept the Rams, so there's a ton of work to do here. But L.A. has a lot of winnable games left on their schedule, so I wouldn't book the trip to Cancun just yet, but you drop this game and it's definitely time to call the travel agent. All right, up next, Casey, it is our Los Angeles Chargers heading to San Francisco to play the 49ers. 49ers at home are favored by seven in this one. And since entering the league in 2020, QB Justin Herbert has 19 games with at least 300 passing yards. That's tied for the most in the league. And with 300 yards, uh, this weekend coming up on Sunday Night Football, he'll surpass Andrew Luck for the most 300-yard games by a player in his first three seasons in the NFL, and he'll still have a handful of games to extend that lead, currently tied at 19 with Luck. Is there anybody else on the Chargers? <laughs> plenty of Chargers, Casey, plenty. All right, let me talk about these <laughs> Niners then for a hot second because I know that we got some Charger talk coming. Um <laughs> 49ers have one of the easiest remaining schedules, and they're getting healthy at the right Oof. time. Um, they have Christian McCaffrey now. They have a sick-ass pass rush, and I feel like they are going to be right in this postseason mix, whereas the Cowboys found out the hard way last season that the Niners are going to be a brutal matchup no matter who they face come playoff time. Um, Jimmy G, man, all he does is win games. It's not pretty all the time, but... Um, for the bye week, 21 to 25, 235, two touchdowns, no interceptions, man. That is winning football. And they've had this bye week to get Christian McCaffrey more plays uh, in this offense. And I think that's going to be scary. You know what else is scary? Getting a healthy Debo Samuel back, man. Yep. Getting him back in the mix. Brandon Ayuk's been pretty good. Um, defensively, you mentioned Nick Bosa, man. He had a second half in week eight and has eight sacks in his past seven home games. Fred Warner, dude. I love this guy. Hate the Niners. Love me some Fred Warner. Uh, 12 tackles and a half sack in week eight. Um, one of the the best young linebackers in this league. And uh, Hufanga, dude, the safety there, man. This guy is an absolute playmaker. He's going to be a household name in the next year or two. So your guy Herbert can try to avoid him. Uh, yeah. This is going to be a brutal physical game man and uh this is one actually both these teams really really need yeah tough matchup for this chargers squad that has uh, struggled to stop the run and this is a damn good team at running the football but go back to last week chargers sitting at five and three pretty impressive considering um ton the of injuries of, dude the oh amount my of God. injuries that they have overcome haven't had uh keenan allen since pretty much i mean he played in about 20 snaps a couple of weeks ago, other than that, since the first half of the first game, and they eke out a W last week uh, in a real tough, tough battle uh, at Atlanta. But no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. That's the top two receivers. We also lost Guyton for the season uh, to a torn ACL. He's our speed guy. But nonetheless, Herbert, who's played through 
fractured rib cartilage for the last six weeks, had a pretty awesome performance, almost 70% on 43 passes for 245 yards. They're not getting a lot of downfield explosive plays. And then, and then on the other side of on the defense, they give up too many of those. So explosive plays are a bad situation for the chargers team. They need to find a way to manifest those. But um, Austin Eckler, dude, 71 yards from scrimmage last week and two touchdowns and Eckler, on the season has rushed for a TD in five straight games. Uh, that's currently the longest streak in the NFL and uh, leads lead the NFL with 457 yards after catch. Wow. So once he gets the ball in his hands, he really knows how to do something with it. So uh, need to continue to feature Eckler and find a way to get some of the other backs uh, to get some productivity as well between Sony Michelle and Isaiah Spiller, because of course, Josh Kelly is on the IR who was our <clears throat> pretty solid number two. Uh, on the defensive side, spectacular performance last week. We mentioned it, Khalil Mack stealing the forced fumble. Uh, and basically, it was a forced fumble and a fumble recovery all in one. And he ran it back the other direction quite far. Uh, it was an impressive performance by Mack, who has been a huge um, addition to this Chargers defense with six sacks on the season. Drew Tranquil is a guy that's starting to emerge as a guy that continues to make plays week in and week out last week, 10 tackles and two tackles for loss and a sack. He just really, really good instincts on the blitz and times it perfectly. Derwin James also blitzed and had a nice sack last week to go along with his uh, nine tackles. And Oh, by the way, the chargers are on their third kicker. Looks like it's going to be Dicker, the kicker one more time, but kicker Dicker hasn't missed a kick all year. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles and he was uh, four for four for them and a game winner in a game they won five weeks ago or six weeks ago. And then he, the kicker is sicker. Yeah, dude. He hit four for four for the Chargers, two extra points and two field goals and the game winner, uh, one to tie it and one to win it. So uh, clutch, clutch performance gritty team win for this Chargers uh, group, but this is going to be a hell of a challenge for this Chargers squad. Limited, as I mentioned, on offense and really, really struggling to stop the run. That's a bad situation heading to San Francisco. Good luck, Chargers. Yeah, and too bad we're not going to get to see Joey Bosa in this thing, because then there would be a Bosa on the field all of the time. <laughs> and then we could see all those Bosa sacks. Yeah, I love it. All right. <laughs> All right, we got one more game, Dave. Monday night, I got you all flustered with Bosa sacks, huh? Yeah, that gets me feel, gets me going, you know, gets me all excited. All right, we got the Washington Commandos at the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles are ten and a half point favorites at home. All right, and this Commanders team at four and five has been sneaky, kind of impressive lately, and they could have gotten a double yeah. W last week. They're out in front of the Vikings in an impressive way, and we know how well the Vikings have played this year, but they let that game slip away. They couldn't finish the deal as they led most of the game, but Taylor Heineke has really given them a spark at the quarterback position. Two touchdowns and just one pick last week. Um, running the ball with Antonio Gibson, but Terry McLaurin continues to be a real, real uh, tough weapon for them. <clears throat> um but Gibson on the season, just 3.7 yards a carry, not that good, and only two touchdowns. So they really haven't gotten the run game to be uh, as effective as they'd like it to be. Uh, Curtis uh, Samuel, the wide receiver, did have a real nice performance last week uh, in that game. But again, like got a little said, help from Pop Pop in the secondary. Grandpa got right. in there all confused and took that's out one of the Vikings. Right. He's just pivot right off of the, the official and, and use that uh, to his, his advantage, Casey. Uh, Again, the um, 
the the issue here, which is going to determine this football game, is going to be the turnover ratio. As Philadelphia is freaking awesome at that, I'm sure you'll mention. But these guys are minus four. They have to find a way to kind of even that score, and yeah. then they'll be able to hang around in this game. Deron Payne uh, on the defensive side, four tackles for loss and a sack last week. So he's really getting it done. Five and a half sacks leads the team on the season. But again, gotta gotta possess the football and find a way to maybe get a couple of turnovers so that they can be right there in this game and maybe stun the equals. Yeah, dude. And how different does this team look with Heineke than it did with Wentz? Like their body language, like Heineke exudes confidence and you like, yeah. that guy's a hard ass. He's going to put it on the line. He's out yeah. there balling. Not to say that Carson the Wentz dudes play for him. didn't play hard, but he didn't play smart. Whereas yeah. Heineke, I just... I like his mojo there, but let me talk about these stupid Eagles, man. Eight. No, (laughs) you mentioned they lead the NFL in turnover ratio up plus 15 and takeaways with 18. I mean, if they can finish week 10 with another positive turnover ratio, they're going to join the 1958 Baltimore Colts as the only teams in NFL history to open a season with a plus turnover margin in their first nine games, man. That is pretty good, and a big reason why is the play of Darius Slade. And according to PFF, since week six, 117 coverage snaps, 15 yards allowed, Dave, an interception, and a QB passer rating allowed of 10.7. So um, it's a full bag here, but Jalen Hurts, man, this guy is playing out of his mind, was real cool against the Texans on Thursday night, and it was this, like, possession football just running uh the ball eating up all the clock man that one drive was like 18 plays and ate up almost a whole quarter if they can do that ball control drive this team this team they're already undefeated how much better can it get but (laughs) that showed me something on the offense i was like wow and i know you could have used a little more from miles sanders but he did have 93 yards and a touchdown last week so that was pretty good but aj brown man this guy is a monster sixth receiving touchdown last week and he's got at least five plus catches and 65 plus yards in all of his home games there at the Eagles. So he's fitting right in there in a Philly Dallas Goddard had a hundred yards and a touchdown last week. So um, both sides of the ball, very complimentary. I mentioned Slay James Bradbury, man, he was a cap casualty to the giants dude. He has got his third interception last week and had a pass defended in each of his first eight games this season. So Man, it's been impressive to watch them work. And even the safety, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he's got five interceptions this year. So just a complete game. And up front, obviously, Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, um, just a very complete team. But this is one of those crazy uh, divisional games. Monday night, anything can happen. But they're going to be nice and lathered up in Philly there. Uh, That little (laughs) jail underneath the stadium is going to be completely full. Um, But this is going to be one of those good grimy battles. Hopefully um, the commandos can hold up their end of the bargain. No doubt about it. It looks like it could be an awesome football game. Like you said, if the commanders can kind of keep the, the, the turnover ratio at least even or in their favor, because obviously that's been the MO of this Eagle squad. When you get that many turnovers, man, you play makes winning a lot easier, baby. 
play solid football and you get some W's, man. All right. So many ways you can check out the football dudes, the trend zone, which you're listening to right now. You can get for on subscription at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. That's got to cost money, though, right? Dave? No, Casey, that is FOC free of charge, my friend. Get out there and do it, people. Also, like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. Make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. All right. Or just go over to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here. Thank you.